Good evening and welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley, the WDIY program we enjoy producing with the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission and its Executive Director, Becky Bradley, and its Managing Editor, Matt Asad. Welcome, Becky and Matt. Good evening. Good evening. Hey. Tonight, our topic is pedestrian traffic and how there's a real push happening to not only improve pedestrian safety throughout the Lehigh Valley, but to create a more connected transportation network that's more welcoming to pedestrians and bicyclists. This evening, we're pleased to welcome our guests, Carmen Bell and Christian Martinez. Good evening. Hi, thank you for having me. Good evening. Thanks for having me here today. Carmen, you are a well-connected community organizer who works to expand opportunities for thousands of older adults, and I thank you as I am one, in her role as director of the Healthy Aging for United Way of the Greater Lehigh Valley and an influential member of the Lehigh Valley Alliance on Aging. Carmen has participated in the strategy formation of Age-Friendly Lehigh Valley, a new regional initiative that aims to improve inclusivity and accessibility for everyone, particularly older adults. She's a member of the AARP Pennsylvania Executive Council. Prior to joining the United Way, Carmen worked with Kids Peace and most recently with Lanta, where she gained a deep understanding for the need for transit in our community. And Christian is a Lehigh University community advocate working for the past year with the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission. He's working with Carmen and the LVPC on pedestrian traffic issues, traffic safety issues, and currently working on the update of the region's $2.5 billion long-range transportation plan as well as LVPC's projects on climate action. Before arriving in the Lehigh Valley, Christian graduated from Iowa State University where he double majored in environmental science and political science. Let's have a great show, folks. Matt, we're talking about pedestrian safety and creating a more walkable, bikeable Lehigh Valley. Why is this a hot issue right now? I think it's a hot issue for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, the fact is, in this area, it's been a hot issue for a very long time. Uh, we know from our community-wide surveys that the thing people love most about this region is its open space and its outdoor recreation. You know, so strictly from an outdoor recreation standpoint, it's a big reason why this region is attractive to not only the people who live here, but those that are sort of relocating here in, in, in droves recently. Its presence only grew, really, uh, during the pandemic. You know, for one, the number of people who turned to walking and biking grew very quickly. Uh, we've heard some statistics that our trail use went up hundreds of percent. So people were really using and, and really found the outdoors. You know, from a road rate transportation side of things, something else is happening that I think probably wasn't anticipated. And, and that's that uh, I think planners are trying to get a handle of it, you know, nationwide. But it's apparent that aggressive driving actually spiked during the pandemic. You know, and that showed up in the form of increased pedestrian injuries and fatalities, as well as bicycle deaths, you know, at least nationally. So you have a whole convergence of these factors. And then you add to it that it's really just the right thing to do. You know, pedestrian and bicycle safety should always be a priority. Yeah, looking at the uh, figures, 1,060 pedestrian accidents over the past five years, that's a lot. Yeah, it, it's really an unacceptable number. And back in 2015, I want to say, the 
Lehigh Valley Transportation Study had adopted a uh, basically what they call a vision zero policy. At the time, that was an emerging term. But what that means is they called it at the time towards zero deaths. But what that means is that you want to work towards, you know, transportation safety all the way around and really eliminate the possibility of any vehicle to vehicle fatalities, any vehicle to like hit, they call it hit fixed object, but that's things like a guardrail um, or a tree or pedestrian cyclists or ADA fatalities. And so it's a really aggressive goal to work towards. And I think that's something that transportation safety was getting a little better prior to the pandemic, but something happened during the pandemic and people started driving more aggressively. We started to see a higher um, number of crashes and then serious injuries and fatalities across all modes, which is just not okay. Do you think this is more aggressive driving or are people just not paying as much attention? Are they looking at their phone? You have a point. Um, I think it's both of those things, uh, the distracted driving on top of the, uh, the fact that people seem to want to drive like professional race car drivers, but aren't. And then that causes a lot of issues. But as we have more and more trail users and more and more people walking, because a lot of people rediscovered that uh, during the pandemic and have really seen the health benefits of that and have kept doing that, um, you know, beyond COVID-19. And so that's created a lot more pedestrians and cyclists and uh, people using mobility devices in our transportation system. And then when you have all these vehicles rushing around and speeding around and really honestly being entitled, that creates a really significant situation. And, and I believe that is why we've seen these really gruesome and unacceptable rise in fatalities this is kind of going out yes. everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. But that just doesn't make it right. And, and there's a lot of concern um, at the U.S. Department of Transportation. I know the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, amongst all the metropolitan planning organizations and rural planning organizations, because it's happening in our rural communities as well, all across the state. We meet and talk about it and set measures to try to improve safety. And then one of the things that we're working on right now which the work that we're going to do with United Way, and I know Carmen and um, Christian are going to talk about this, but we're updating the long-range transportation plan, which we do every four years. And the goal there is to make investments where we have significant issues of transportation safety and to leverage more resources into fixing those issues if they're like a sight distance issue or uh, the geometry of the road, the curve's too tight, uh, there's no crosswalk, those sorts of things. There's a uh, People, the trail comes up to one side of the road and then it starts on the other side of the road, but uh, there's no pedestrian safety to cross the road. Making sure that we're investing in bikeways that are protected, those types of things are possible solutions that we can leverage some of the transportation funding that the Lehigh Valley Transportation Study receives into supporting improvements. But we still can't fix driver behavior. And I think that's one of the biggest issues. To go off your point about driver behavior, Becky, we aren't just driving more aggressively, but we're also driving bigger vehicles than ever before, which gives us less leeway in pedestrian incidents. The best-selling car in the U.S. right now is the Ford F-Series. So we're driving large vehicles, trucks and SUVs 
are much more dangerous to pedestrians because they sit much higher. So whenever they strike a pedestrian, the chance of a serious injury is much greater. Yeah, Christian, I think what you're saying is they're just bigger and it's harder to see. Yes, definitely. Uh, the F-250 sits 55 inches tall. So children or wheelchair users are pretty much invisible to the driver uh, up close. Carvin, I understand the United Way is teaming up with the LVPC to hit the pavement to tackle uh, these issues. Um, can you talk a little bit about why this is, first, why this is important to our senior community, and second, what you guys are doing? Sure, absolutely. Well, Ace Family Lehigh Valley is all about creating a community where everyone um, has an opportunity in the Lehigh Valley to age successfully. So this is from our youngest members to our oldest members. And we know that the number of older adults in the United States people who will be older than 65 will be greater than the number of children under the age of 18 by 2035. And here in, in the Lehigh Valley, by 2040, older adults older than 65 will constitute 22% of our population here in the Lehigh Valley by 24. And the number of seniors age 75 and older is expected to double within this time frame. Transportation is a key component of being able to create a connected, engaged, community where everybody's involved, where everybody has an opportunity to be at the table and has access to the resources they need. And without good, safe transportation, that really isolates seniors. Um, it cuts them off to access to food. It cuts them off from access to engagement with others. It really tends to, to contribute to social isolation, which is detrimental on so many levels. One of the things that we're trying to do is to highlight the transportation resources that we already have in the Lehigh Valley. And then also with this idea of pedestrian safety to conduct this walk audit, which will basically look at um, those intersections and walkways and streets that have the highest pedestrian fatality rates and say, what needs to be done here in order to improve safety and make it possible for everybody to share the road safely. So your motorists, your cyclists, people in wheelchairs, young families with strollers that all can have access to safe transportation that they can get out there and walk and feel comfortable that um, it's safe and appropriate for them to do so. So we're conducting this valley-wide walk audit project. We're launching next month. Uh, we have uh, support of um, our best partner, one of our best partners, the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission, um, AARP Pennsylvania, both of our county executives and all of our mayors of the three cities. So do older people like to ride bikes? I, I, yes, I think some do. I think I think the point is, is that whatever you want to do, mm -hmm. you know, you should be able to do. You should be able to do that in a safe manner. So older people ride bikes. They might even, maybe they're riding also an electric bicycle. But I, I think they do. They like to ride bikes. Some roller skate, some uh, roller blade. I mean, I think we should not count them out. If that's what you want to do, you should be able to do that in a safe and effective manner. Christian, how did you decide which blocks and intersections to audit? Well, we used Department of Transportation data and we prioritized locations with fatal pedestrian crashes. So those took the number one priority. And then we also looked at locations with a high number of crashes in general, uh, regardless of severity of injury. And then we also made sure to include locations with high pedestrian demand such as schools, trail crossings, and senior living communities. And these locations also tend to have higher rates of vulnerable uh, road users or vulnerable pedestrians, such as children and older folks. 
Do you have any advice for people who may not want to wait for the walk sign when they're crossing the street? Wait. I know. <laughs> you know, I, I know. I'm tempted to, but you know, really, really look look both ways uh, at a at a minimum. Sometimes you can't really judge how fast a car is going. Like the light um, at the time of day, the color of the car can really affect how you see a vehicle coming at you. And so the best thing is to wait for the signal, and then before you step out look both ways again to make sure that the vehicles are actually stopped and paying attention. Yeah. Take a deep breath. These are, these are timed for a reason (laughs) to keep you safe. I see a lot of people jump out, you know, just jump out in the front, in front of cars and it's, it's frightening. Sorry to jump in. I think that's one of the reasons why Carmen is leading along with a a partnership with us, a, a walk audit program, a program that sort of will sort of identify those things. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that Carmen? Sure. So we want to look at, um, we're encouraging community to participate. So that we're also trying to build some community unity here. So everybody has an opportunity uh, to help build the community that they want to live in. And we're going to look at things like, how long is the street light? Uh, is there a street light? How many roads are intersecting? Are there appropriate stop signs and pedestrian crossing walkways? Is there any cuts in the road so that a wheelchair or a bicycle or a stroller can effectively manage um, crossing the street? Is there any markings to identify to a person who's visually impaired that they are at the corner? So we want to look at all of those things. We also want to look at those things that might alert you to the presence of more children or more people. So are there over adult centers um, around or over adult residents there? Is there a school? Is there a library? Like, is there a church or a synagogue or a mosque? What's around the community so that we can gauge what kind of people traffic we'll have? So it's not just about the motorists. It's about the, the other people who are who are sharing that pathway and that walkway so that they can walk, they can bike, they can push a wheelchair, they can push a stroller. And Christian is a graduate student at Lehigh. Uh, we have a lot of students out there without cars who are walking, don't we? Yes, that is correct. Most students at Lehigh are pedestrians, and, or I guess all students at Lehigh are pedestrians in some form or another. Freshmen on Lehigh's campus aren't allowed to have vehicles at all, and many upperclassmen live off campus within walking distance, so their commute to class every day is by walking. And college campuses in general are constructed for pedestrians, so this is an important issue to all students in the Lehigh Valley in general. Becky, once these audits are done, what do you do with the information? Oh, this is the exciting part. And I think this is one of the reasons why when Carmen and um, Kelly Von Stein from the ARP started talking about this, that I know I got so excited about it is because it's really an opportunity for us, well, A, to implement not only the age-friendly communities plan that um, United Way finished up for the region, but that ties in with Future LV, our regional plan. So we can leverage then our transportation policy that we're updating right now simultaneously with this walk audit, and then that those investments so we can you know start to one at a time invest in making places safer and so this is really an enormous opportunity that we may not get at any other time if we didn't have this great partnership and one of the things i i did want to say and i think this is really important is the age-friendly communities work that carmen does in the region 
I mean, she really organizes and leverages the talents of all of these retired persons around the Lehigh Valley. And as a result of that, she's got this incredible group of volunteers that can go out and do some of the hard work that you know we may not be able to get to as an agency. And so the partnership has really been a natural one and is uh, really the way good community changes happen is when you take the assets and the talents of everyone to solve these bigger problems. Even if it's one issue at a time, uh, it makes a difference. Carmen, where do you find your volunteers to do this type of work? Well, um, a lot of the volunteers are are people who have worked either in aging services or social services for a long time. We partner with um, also with AARP and engage their volunteers, people who are still working in community, so they're not necessarily retired, but they're, they are um, older people. But I also want to stress that some of them are young people um, who are working at, at transportation initiatives or bicycle initiatives, et cetera, who want to be engaged with an opportunity to impact region-wide how transportation moves, how people move throughout the community. So we take them from all places, working, uh, retired, not working, older, younger, people who are just interested in um, community development and people who want to be connected to work that impacts not just their lives, but the lives of the people around them. So what's the most common thing you hear from senior citizens out there walking around saying, hey, this should be fixed? I guess one of the things that I'm hearing is about maybe the, the stoplights. They wish they could be a little bit a little bit longer so that gives them more time to get across the street. I've you know, been to a couple of intersections near senior centers or senior high rises, and the light changes so fast that I've watched older adults just kind of wait till there's no traffic coming before they attempt to cross the street because they're afraid they're not going to beat the light. So it's not just the, the length of that, um, how long the light stays red um, is important. And it, that impacts not only that older adult who's on a walker or a cane or just walking, but it also impacts that young family that's pushing a stroller or has a toddler who does not want to be in his or her stroller and is walking across the street. So I hear that about the lights. Uh, they're concerned about safety as well. And um, that's a that's a big issue in terms of walking, you know, just just being out there and just making sure that there are appropriate sidewalks that they can navigate um, and that it's smooth walking because many are using assistive devices. So it's, it's difficult to traverse the walkways if the sidewalks are not well constructed. Becky, is there uh, money allocated to do these types of studies? Studies, not so much. Improvements, yes. Okay. And uh, that's why this walk audit initiative and then the partner initiative where we're updating the long-range transportation components of Future LV, which also includes updating our safety plan. That's why all of that is so important, because we're doing some of the planning work under our normal responsibilities as a metropolitan planning organization, but we can't necessarily uh, put a lot of resources into the walk audit itself. So having this amazing group of volunteers and the organizational abilities and structure of United Way and partnership with the ARP and us gives us that ability to gather data to then plan for and then ultimately invest in some of those improvements. So it really has turned out to be a, an incredible opportunity for all of us. And I'm hoping that 
folks that listen to this show can contact Carmen and the folks at the United Way to sign up for a team and get out there and help us get some of these walk audits done because we're aiming, you know, to to start out uh, with as many as possible. But we have broader goals of looking at, you know, maybe even as many as 50 intersections and trail connections and bikeways and other things. So the more folks that help us out, the more we can make the change. So let's restate that. If you're interested in helping with the walk audit, you should contact Carmen. And Carmen, how do people contact you? And they can reach me by email at carmenv at unitedwayglb.org, or they can call me um, at my office at 610-807-5717. Our H Friendly Lehigh Valley website is up and running, and we hope to have within the next few weeks um, an on-site portal where you can register online um, to create a team and to register to be part of the walk audit. So we'll be announcing more of that. We're also planning to have community walk days in May, June, and July. We're going to target each of the major cities and the surrounding areas so that people in different parts of the region can come out um, and be part of an event where we're going to go out and walk in neighborhoods close to where we establish those community walk days. So we have a lot of fun things that are going to be happening over the spring and the summer, and all of that will be up on our website in the next few weeks. Good. And Becky, you really think that this that COVID-19 has uh, made driving and walking a little bit more, um, oh, uh, I want to say, difficult maybe. An opinion. Is this getting better or worse? I mean, can we fix this? We can fix it for sure. Um, there's a couple ways we can fix it. Drivers can drive responsibly, number one. And, you know, pedestrians and cyclists can also walk and, and bicycle uh, responsibly as well, um, because, you know, sometimes they're not necessarily paying attention either. So we we all carry our own bucket of water. But really, uh, vehicles are the major issue with why we have so many pedestrian injuries and, and bicycle injuries and ADA injuries and fatalities. We know that that's unacceptable. So if we continue to, you know, build partnerships and work on being the change, as you, you know, heard this evening that we're all trying to do, it will make a bigger difference and over time will lower and hopefully eliminate. We're working towards a vision of zero, right? Any injuries and, and fatalities in our transportation system. A couple of nights ago, I was at a stop light and watched somebody who was looking at their phone walk right into a pole. Um, you know, folks, keep your eyes up on the on, on the streets. Pretty wild, Matt. Tackling this problem sounds like it could be expensive. Beyond the health and safety benefits, are there economic benefits to expanding pedestrian options and improving the safety? Well, there definitely are, and it's it's very much an economic issue. Um, really successful downtowns and communities, they're all walkable. They all have access to transit. And, and the reason for that is because that's what attracts consumers. You know, and when you look at some of the largest companies in the world, places like Google or Amazon, whenever they search for a new headquarters, they require locations to be close to walking paths. They require transit. They they want outdoor recreation. And I, I, I mean, I'm sure they're doing that because it's the right thing to do. But I think mostly they're doing that because that's what employees want now. They're demanding it, you know, and in this sort of difficult, uh, I mean, even though there's sort of recession fears, we still have a shortage of employees. 
And in this difficult job market, they have to attract them. And they and, and you know, you cannot attract talent unless you have those things. I've been looking at websites that have to do with purchasing and selling houses. And one of the things that they have there now is a walkability score, which I find interesting. And it, it ranks how walkable the area is from 1 to 10. Um, I would think that most of our, at least the urban areas here, are pretty walkable. You know, if you are, um, you know, if you had have some type of disability, the system's set up pretty well, isn't it? So walkability, it, 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 you know, it does show up in all of those areas. And it it's not, doesn't surprise me that someone is scoring it because in our return on environment report that we did several years ago, it showed that being close, being within a quarter mile of outdoor recreation or open space or walking paths, it actually increases your house value by $15,000. Really? You know, and that's based on study. That's based on an analysis and data. And I'm sure, I mean, that was in 2014. I'm sure that number is much higher now. So it's very much something that I, I could see why they would score it because it matters. It matters not for your, just for your business, but for your own home wealth. Let's go around the table and just get some final thoughts before we close. Carmen, as we wind up, what do you want people to know? I think what's most important is that you can build or create just about anything through partnership and collaboration, through sharing an idea and coming together around it. And you have an opportunity to create the community that you want to live in. I think that's most important. And we do that through our partnerships with people like the LBPC and AARP. And we have an opportunity to also create safer opportunity for people of all ages to have access to transportation, to have access to the outdoors, to be able to walk and really reap the benefits of living in the Lehigh Valley. Christian? Yeah, I think going off Matt's point is that people want to live in walkable areas and people will pay a premium to live there. And so we need to make our communities more inclusive and more welcoming to pedestrians in general and people will come to the Lehigh Valley. Matt? Final thoughts? I think to sort of put it together, I mean, I, I think that people need to know that this is not a fringe issue that we tackle if we have a little extra money. It's actually central to our quality of life, and we sort of maybe tackle it first, or we tackle it right along with roads and bridges. Unfortunately, our time has run out, as always. Thanks, Becky, Matt, Christian, and Carmen. You've been listening to Plan Lehigh Valley. If you joined us in the middle of the program, you can go to the WDIY app or to our website, WDIY.org, to listen to the entire program again. I'm your host, Greg Caponia, and you're listening to WDIY 88.1 FM. Have a great evening. Mm-hmm.